Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. We just heard about two battles, two battles of champions. The first one we heard David versus Goliath, and the second one we heard Jesus go to battle against the devil. And sometimes when we hear the account of Jesus going to battle against the devil and we look at what he does, how he fights, we see, oh, he only fights with the word of God. He fights the devil with the words of God because the devil lies and the word of God is true. And so how do you fight the lies? Well, you fight the lies with the truth and Jesus uses only the word of God to fight the devil. And there might be a part of us that would think, oh, so that's what we're supposed to do. When the devil comes and tempts us, all we have to do is fight back with the word of God. And that's a nice thought, but that's not the point. Can you imagine if people looked at the story of David and Goliath and they thought, oh, so David is showing us how we should really fight wars. Instead of using helmets and shields and armor and swords, we should go out in our pajamas with a shepherd's stick and a slingshot and some stones. You think that's the point? That the whole Israelite army was supposed to fight with no armor and no swords and they were only supposed to use slingshots and sticks? That's not the point. The point was, David won a victory, and his victory meant the whole Israelite nation won. His victory belonged to the whole nation. Same thing with Jesus. Jesus went to battle against Satan and perfectly used the same weapon we have. We have the word of God. The Bible tells us the word of God is like a double-edged sword. It's our weapon to fight against temptation. Jesus didn't use anything other than what we have. And he won where we lose. He won where we fail. His victory is not an example for us to go out and fight harder. His victory is just like David's victory because he defeated the devil. That victory is ours. The victory is won. We don't have to worry about going out and fighting and winning. Jesus already won. It's his victory over Satan today with his perfect use of God's word, his perfect obedience that we're going to focus on this morning. His victory is our victory. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, so often we look at you and and see nothing but an example, something that, that we should try to be. Forgive us for those foolish sins of arrogance and pride. Help us to see that we cannot be what you are on our own. We need you, our Savior and our victorious King. Help us today to better understand what it means that you are our great high priest, that you are the one who has gone to battle for us and because you have won, your victory is ours. Give us peace in this truth. In your name we pray, amen. Our second lesson will serve as the basis for our time in God's word today. It comes from Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. 
Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So you could think of that children's devotion as an introduction to, to today's sermon. We'll just carry right on here. We've established the fact that Jesus is not an example for us. He is not there so that we could say, all right, here's the battle plan. Jesus laid it out. Now let's all go out through those doors and fight the battle of, of temptation. Fight against Satan with the word of God. That, that puts far more on you and me than we could ever Endure. That is a crushing burden to place on ourselves. And Jesus does not place it on us. He simply says, look at me, look at what I've done for you. Realize that my victory is your victory. The battle's done. The victory's won, as we just sang in verse 4 of A Mighty Fortress. Today we're going to walk through this short text from Hebrews chapter 4. And we're simply going to ponder what it means, portion by portion. And we'll leave here today seeing that Jesus has crushed everything that tries to crush us, even our temptations. So the text begins with this phrase, therefore since. And right away we know, okay, we're about to be given a reason for something here, right? Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, and there's a whole lot packed into that. The reason for for the encouragement that we're about to receive from the writer to the Hebrews is all packed right here. Since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, it's so easy for you and me to have an intellectual understanding of who Jesus is and to not fully grasp what that means. Our Savior is not just another guy. We have conflict raging in the world that has grabbed the attention of many. You have humans, often who are nearing the end of their lives, who are waging war. For what? Will Putin get to see whatever it is that he has in mind come to fruition? Probably not. Probably not. Is it possible that he lives a few decades longer to maybe see some glimpses of whatever it is that he has in mind? Maybe, but he's going to die at some point. One human being can only accomplish so much during their lives, and then they die, and it's up to someone else to either pick up where they left off or to go their own direction But human heroes, human leaders can only go so far. Jesus is not like that. He's not like that at all. Yeah, he was defeated, it appeared, as he died on the cross. But he rose from the dead, the victorious son of God. He has ascended into heaven where he has actively been ruling ever since. For the last, what, almost 2,000 years 
Jesus' rule continues. He is active every moment of every day. King of kings and Lord of lords. This is who our Savior is. And since we have this kind of Savior, Jesus, the great high priest, the Son of God, who is in heaven ruling and mediating on our behalf, well, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. And the Greek here is much simpler. Let us hold firmly to the confession. And what's the confession? Well, it's what we just said about Jesus. All these things we just said about Jesus, let's not let them just be intellectual truths in our heads, things we know about Jesus. Let's understand what that means, who we have. This is a game changer. Our leader, our priest, our king, he's not like the other leaders. And let's hold firmly to this truth. Our our translation did not put the measurements of Goliath into measurable units that we comprehend. I'm not quite sure how much a talent weighs. But I think the point is that the spear was massive. The tip of the spear alone, I've heard estimates, like we're talking 10, 15 pounds on the end of a spear. Can you imagine the strength that you would need to grip that firmly to hold that spear with power and control, to throw it with accuracy, the kind of strength that was in Goliath's hand. This is what we're told to do, but not to a weapon, not to the word of God, to use it in battle against Satan. Hold fast to the confession of who Jesus is. Cling to who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Cling to that and cling to that alone. And as we hold firmly to this confession of who Jesus is, we get more rationale. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize. The Greek word there is the word we get sympathy from. I kind of wish they would have kept the word sympathize instead of empathize. They're they're similar, but sometimes empathy is when you're, you're putting yourself on the other person's shoes, you're feeling what they're feeling, even though you're not feeling it, sympathizing is more of a together thing. And Jesus really did experience what we experience. It wasn't him just imagining what it would be like. He really experienced it. He he really was tempted as you are tempted. He really did suffer as I suffer. He, he, He experienced it. He can sympathize together with us. He knows exactly what we're going through. We don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet never sinned, never once. So now we're adding more to the confession of who Jesus is. The almighty son of God, ruling over all things, but he's a high priest who has been tempted in every way, who goes on our behalf and never failed. Of course, the high priest in the Old Testament, that's a a picture of the coming Savior. The high priest was never the one who actually took away sins. It was always a picture of the one who would take away sins, who would mediate on behalf 
of the people. And that's what the high priest's job was. The high priest would confess the sins of all the people on their behalf. The Holy Spirit, or the Holy, <laughs> the high priest would pray on behalf of all the people. The, the, the high priest would offer sacrifices on behalf of all the people. You see, it's that same picture that we see with David. He fought on behalf of all the people and his victory was theirs. Jesus fought on behalf of all of us. His victory is ours. It might seem a little silly at first that we have this priest picture lying in the midst of all these battle pictures, but that's why. The high priest was on behalf of the people. Jesus was tempted on our behalf and never failed. Hold fast to this confession, it says. Cling to this Christ and to him alone. You can probably guess what's coming next. You and I, we hold on to other things and we hold pretty tightly to them, don't we? When we need encouragement, when we're struggling, we hold firmly to things like our routine or our bank account for stability. Well, what happens if your routine gets thrown off? What do you have then? What happens if the market crashes and your investments, poof, go away like that? Maybe you cling fast to your own strengths, the, the many talents and gifts that God has given to you. You've seen them come through for you in the past, and so you cling to those abilities that God has given to you, or maybe you're the other way and you worry a lot and you cling to worry and fear. We cling to the wrong things all the time. We don't hold fast to that confession of Christ and lean only on him perfectly all the time. And so that's a bit of a head scratcher for us. Verse 16, let us approach the throne of God's grace with confidence because as we feel guilty over our sins, ones that we commit over and over again, we start to think, well, when I go to God, he's going to be like, oh, it's Peter again? Here he comes with his tail between his legs, same reason as last time. We beat ourselves up over sins that we've committed and we think we're approaching a throne of judgment where God will surely strike us down and he should. But he doesn't. Because Jesus, our great high priest, the one who never sinned when he was tempted, he stood before that throne of judgment he received the wrath that we deserve for our failures so that the throne we approach would no longer be a throne of judgment, but one of grace. One of love that we surely do not deserve, but love that is ours. When you see your failure to hold on to Christ and to him alone, when you realize I'm holding on to the wrong thing, don't run away, run to the throne of grace because Jesus has earned it for you. Approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It literally says to, to give us well-timed help. 
When you need the help the most, it's there for you. You have a high priest who gets it. He's been tempted in every way to hold on to the wrong things, and yet he never held on to anything but the word of God. And the word of God says, Christ was crucified for you. Christ stood before the throne of judgment for you so that you and I, when tempted, get to stand before a throne of grace. And so I say it again, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence and be prepared to find mercy and grace, well-timed help. Jesus crushed everything that tries to crush us. Even our own temptations with his perfect obedience, Jesus has crushed them too. Amen.